Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. Today's show is about a client who, again, every, every time. <laughs> well, um, he has a great story um, and it, it's going to spark a conversation you and I wanted to do for a podcast show anyway. Good. And he was this morning. Okay. So um, I, it, it's just perfect timing. Yeah. Um, and it's a conversation you and I enjoy talking about with a lot of people, actually. So um, he came in and got and gave me consent and basically said to me, um, I don't want anything except energy healing. Uh, and that's about it. But I, but I need a little bit of help because I have anxiety. And he's probably mid-30s, early 40s. Um, and I'm just saying that because I don't know for sure the age. She, I'm just going to say middle-aged. Is that okay? If he's dying at 60 or 70. <laughs> sure, yeah. I don't know. Okay, excuse I'm me. I'm fine with it. <laughs> and you know what? Being a psychic. Uh... <laughs> Not doing well this morning. Okay, well, let's start this, this one okay, over again. So the gentleman again. comes in. Okay. He wants energy healing. Yeah. And he says, I know that you're a medium, but I don't want that. I'm kind of scared of it. I don't really want it. And he says, but so I'm going to go lay down on the table. I'm here about anxiety. And I said, well, I, so I walked over to the table and, and said, I understand that you want just like the energy stuff because of your, your anxiety issue. I said, but is it just okay just to say that I've got your dad here? Is that accurate? Your dad's passed? And um, if he doesn't say anything, but he's just here, is that okay? And then as soon as I said that, he goes, okay, yes, you can do medium <laughs> like this. And, and, and I realized in that moment that he had set the boundary because he was just scared that I wouldn't be able to do it. Oh, and I, but I didn't realize that because of how he was like, no, I just want this. But as soon as he got on the table and lay down in front of the fireplace and the windows with nature all around, there was just this feel, this this shift. And I think the shift also occurred because his dad did come into the room and created it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. His dad says to me, he has anxiety, in particular in regards to his partnership with his wife. And I said, okay. And he says, I, it's important that I come in and, and say something. He says, I always told him, man up. Oh, God. Okay. And he says, I always said to my boys, man up. And it meant certain things that the boys knew that that's what I was expecting from them. Mm-hmm. Stop crying. Shut down. Shut down. Yes. And, and I know you and I wanted to do a talk about the term man up. Yeah. And I just posted a video on Facebook. Um, sorry, I just did. This is going to air later, but... Um, it was about young boys and allowing them to cry um, and that it, it it takes balls and they word it in this way for a reason to cry, to feel emotion, to express, to be honest. Um, but we have abused these terms or made them an abusive term about manning up um, or growing a pair is another example. Oh, I think so many people will say to somebody, oh, just grow a pair, mm-hmm. meaning don't feel don't say what you're saying. Don't be vulnerable. Or, or stop talking. I don't like what you're saying or what you're doing. Yeah. And and I know for some people that they can instantly feel defensive if they hear that thinking, yeah, but I meant man up because I wanted him to feel something. 
I wanted him to stand up and speak up for himself. And I know that sometimes some people can use the term man up in a different way. So I want to differentiate man up here. That's fair. But there are also some people who say man up as in like fight with me. Oh, right? I, I realize that. I just want to make sure that the listeners understand which man up we're talking about. Uh-huh. That's fair. Because I do know that there are two sides to the to that expression. And I want to be clear that we're talking about the one side that shuts the male down yep. by saying being a man is not feeling your emotions. Mm-hmm. Being a man means you don't know what you feel. And then later in the relationship, when you don't know what you feel, I'm going to be mad at you because you don't. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to manipulate you because you don't. Right. Or I'm going to control you because you don't. I'm going to have power over you because you don't. So you will have anxiety. You will have depression. You will feel confused. You will feel used and unvalued. Not enough. Not, yeah, not enough. There's all these things. So his dad came through and said, this is how he feels. And he listed the feelings because he couldn't, he said, yeah, my dad meant that, but I don't, he started arguing a bit, but I don't think he meant it in a bad way. And I'm like, absolutely he did. Yeah. He meant man up. Be tough. Be tough at three years old. Mm-hmm. I said, your memories will have to take, oh no. He says, I don't have memories of my childhood, Karen. Well, no. And I said, oh, okay, but that would explain why you don't. So somebody also listening to this might just pause right there in that, in this conversation, hit pause and send this off to somebody that they know that just said that. Mm -hmm. Is that good? Yeah. Okay. I think it's important for people to always listen to our shows and hit the pauses when something makes sense so that they don't just go on and keep listening to it. And miss all of the things that mean something to them. Ooh, could we do January on Man Up? Yeah. I think that could be fun. Okay. And helpful. I, you know what, Kelly? Why don't we sit, why don't we do something like a, like um, Men's Month? Sure. And do like four shows and the whole month of Sips of Sanity f- on issues for men. Yeah. Okay. Like that. And hopefully in doing that, we help the men. But hopefully in doing that, we help all the females that love them. To have better conversations. Yeah. Give them tools about communicating what manning up did to them. Mm-hmm. And and take this podcast to a deeper level for them. So for sure. this this could be the one that begins it. And maybe what we could do today, because it could maybe this could air in November or December, maybe we could ask... <laughs> the men and women that are listening to this to run out to chapters and get on Amazon and buy journals for the all these men (laughs) and beautiful pens and and because we're stationary freaks but (laughs) maybe because this might be a great gift to give a man that you love I think it would be nice too and I know we invite people at the end of every podcast to to, uh, ask questions or submit comments I would like to hear stories about what um like what a man up situation was for you in your life Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're a mother and you have given a man up command or a father, um, please share that with us and, mm-hmm. and tell us, you know, how it's affected your kid and yourself. I think some people, and I don't know what just happened. I, I'm wondering if this is going to hit somebody right between the eyes right now, but I, uh, I can see it in front of me, uh, being told to man up to be a pallbearer. 
Oh, to be mm-hmm. to be at a funeral for somebody that might be your grandma, that might be that grandpa, that neighbor, the dog that died, and that you're supposed to man up, meaning that you can't cry or that you're supposed to be able to walk down the funeral home aisle or the church aisle. I this is pallbearers is something I've never understood. Yeah. I think I can understand the um symbolic gesture of carrying someone. Yeah. However, typically those are the men who are closest to the individual who's yeah. passed. And for me, I know how weak physically my weak or sorry, physically how weak my legs were yeah. and my body was and how little I could eat when I lost someone that I loved. Right. There is no physical way that I'd be capable of carrying or pulling my weight um, to carry something that heavy. Yeah, and and nor when I think of losing my dad, neither did I want people staring at me. Neither did I want them to see my moment when I lost composure. Yeah. That when I walked, when we walked into the back of the pro-cathedral that day, that I remember almost fainting, thinking that I couldn't get down the aisle. And that when I saw the church was packed, that all those people were looking at me and that I, my grieving, I wanted to be, to be mine. And I don't mean that I didn't want to be in the church and supported by the people. I did. I just didn't want the focus to be on me. That's terrifying. And I know that when the church is full, all of those people turn back to give you love, to give you support. To cry with you. To cry with you, to, to put their, I remember walking up the aisle and Carol, my, one of my best friends, reached out into the aisle and put her hand on my back and it shook me Mm -hmm. but it shook me out of my out of body experience back into my body knowing I was loved and supported in the church but I'm thinking when you're a pallbearer not very many people will reach out because the focus is on you because you're carrying the casket and I think why aren't six strangers or not strangers but why aren't six other people hired professionals yeah (laughs) let the funeral home staff carry the casket they have they they have great strong bodies that aren't emotionally attached at that time and I know that isn't a fair statement for people in the funeral business either because there still is to some degree but we're hoping that you're doing a job they're in a mindset of doing a job yes and they can carry they can so I think about the manning up that we are asking them to do when they are falling apart mm-hmm. and that they need to be able to be with their wife or with their mother walking up the aisle, mm-hmm. not or with their child or with their girlfriend. And I know, too, having just gone through a recent uh, two recent passings, um, that w- when you usher that person into the church and, and I'm using church as an example, you sit in a pew away from your people, which is yeah. what you're talking about. And so then you get up and you leave without your person yeah, necessarily. And so there are now two people sitting by themselves grieving. Yeah. And I know for some that the six pallbearers might be six brothers or they might be six cousins. Uh, it might be six people that know each other. But what if you're, what if those six people or the five others are not your person? Yeah, I know. We're, we're trying to say the same thing. Yeah. I, I just know that there are some people that are going to hear this and not really have put themselves into that position of thinking of them. Mm-hmm. They just think when they're standing in the funeral home that they've got to find six pallbearers for grandma or yep. six pallbearers for dad. And sometimes the very people that we ask are the ones closest to them 
Some of them feel honored by that and are okay. And some of them are not. Some of them have to say no. I think and even that, when you're, when you can feel honored, you can still feel anxiety. Yes. That you can, you can be honored that someone wants you to be the person carrying them, mm-hmm. that they're acknowledging the relationship was that close mm-hmm. and that you are an important person in this, in this ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a symbolic ceremony, of course, but that doesn't mean there isn't anxiety. Like you've said, mm-hmm. having people stare at you, having the, the burden of carrying something very heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you just, feel weakest and, and coordination like yeah. and i'm gonna it might sound very weird to talk about that but the coordination of the heights of the pallbearers oh, yeah. um, being able to distribute the weight evenly everything it's it's a job yes it is and and you anyway so one I, that just came to my mind about being told to man up um and and i can think of other ones like medically mm-hmm. when there's pain Mm-hmm. And we think they're to man up, which means power through. Yeah, push through something, even though there's physical pain to the body. Yeah, and that the body itself is saying you need to heal, you need to feel, you need to release because endorphins are running. It's a chemical. A doctor or a scientist might say this whole process is chemical, and and a a, a, a person might say yes, it is chemical, but I'm saying man up meaning shut it all down. Well, and the body then goes into confusion and conflict because there's the human saying do something and the body is saying no. no. <laughs> yeah, and and on top of that, I know sometimes we talk about the body and the brain being two different things. When the body's experiencing pain, the the brain is fritzing. It's scrambling to, you know, rush blood to a certain area to heal, to cause necessary inflammation for that healing process to happen and so we can't, we don't have the clarity of thought because of what the signals in the brain are trying to do to the rest of the body to heal. Now, there is a chakra spinning in the wrong direction. Oh, yeah. Good. So to bring in a different aspect of us again, as energy healers, that's when somebody, when we can say the chakras are not aligned or they're out or they're not balanced. So if somebody's like, oh, there's an example. I always wondered what it meant when somebody said my chakras were not running right, or what does it mean if they're not balanced? Oh, or what does it? My favorite thing when that when that term comes up is to talk about a bicycle, which is funny because I hate bikes. But if you think about two being on a bike and the two wheels are spinning and someone tosses a broomstick in between those spokes, what happens to your body? You flip over your handlebars because the wheel gets jammed, the bike stops moving, and there you are in pain. Mm-hmm. right it's a jolt it's a jarring of of, of the body itself and so mm-hmm. that's what happens when the chakras are literally aren't spinning properly mm-hmm. you are thrown kelly remember when i just we did a couple a podcast show you a couple of days or a week ago or whatever on the young boy that left the house yeah. and got back on his bike and he was wobbling through the driveway yeah. in grief over losing his dad mm-hmm. and he was processing the grief understanding that his dad was still here still loved him and I think about your analogy of throwing the wheels out and that meaning that like those that the wheel of that bike our chakras are thrown out yeah and so you can't and I'm going to say this point blank you can't throw an antidepressant at that and think it's going to fix the chakras. Mm-hmm. You can't throw an antidepressant at that and effects or, or whatever Prozac and think 
that that is going to put a balance back in the body, the mind, the spirit, and the being. No, because if you're throwing that broomstick through the front wheel and it's jammed, the bike stops moving, you're just tossing an antidepressant through the back wheel going, just making sure it's jammed. Mm-hmm. Like, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I, speaking of the chakras, when when a man, and I know women too, but we're talking about men, when you're told to man up which means don't feel or rush through the emotion, you're, it's an attack on the first chakra mm-hmm. because you're saying you are not safe to feel this emotion. Get through it, get over it, get past it, whatever. Um, so it rocks the entire pelvic floor, which we've talked about. Oh, I love and what I you're hope, doing. I hope we keep talking about And I know yeah. MJ is going to come back on the show to talk more about pelvic health as well. Um, and this is something... This is one of the reasons I love the sign in our living room that says you are safe. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I sit there and I think about how many people have anxiety coming in to see us as energy healers or as mediums. And I love being able to point at the sign and say, even though you're having anxiety, you are safe. You're safe to know that we are still going to be here when you get through it. And even if you can't, we're going to be here to wait through it. Can I add that they're going to be respected even if they don't respect us mm-hmm. or if they don't respect the gifts that in spite of their own belief systems and behaviors, and behaviors that they are still treated the way we wish to treat people. Yeah, We don't change our energetic field to match theirs. And I say that because I know theirs is humming at a very low vibration and that mine is not and I know that because of how hard I work at keeping mine in that level of integrity mm-hmm. okay so manning up did you want to continue um, or bring something to it in any way that you choose to today well yeah and I actually didn't anticipate you bringing up the chakras but of course that makes the most sense um what that does to the identity, so the, the chakra that sits just below your sternum, um, just above your belly button, mm-hmm. the, the me, myself, and I chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, your solar, solar plexus. plexus. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, what that does to confuse you and who you are, mm-hmm. um, because you don't know what you're feeling or what you're thinking at that point, because we've already talked about the confusion that happens when you can't identify a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it attacks that center as well and mm-hmm. it also attacks the throat oh can I just stop for a second in mm-hmm. the third chakra yeah digestion yeah Crohn's colitis ileitis hernia slip discs in the back in that area so I just I want diarrhea I want I want people to think about the digestive system the bowel I want them to think about the first chakra when we said that that rocks the first chakra, which is family issues, but it can be sciatica, pelvic floor pain, goes up the back, down the legs, into the heel, gout. There's so, there are so many different areas and problems in the body that are associated with each of the chakras that come from the way that we are taught to believe things about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then good? let's add the complexity of while you've been told to man up about not feeling your emotions, the body is reacting in a way where it's giving you a second red flag 
to say something's wrong. And yet again, as men, you're told not to have yourselves checked out, that to avoid the doctor, to power through the pain. So you're not only are you not allowed to feel your emotions, but you're also not allowed to um, seek help for your physical pain. This would explain a generation of men who grew up with the, I'd rather die than see the doctor and get the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I'd rather not go to emerge and just power through the break Mm -hmm. in my foot or the toe or um, the lump on my back or um, the blood in the Kleenex or the ringing in my ears or the heart palpitations I'm feeling. Um, you're 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 nailing so many things and I hope that we can keep going back and forth Kelly where you talk about the instances and the situations and maybe if I can keep jumping in and doing these are the chakras this is what it does to the energy centers and you keep going back and the physical part and you keep going back to the emotional part because it's showing people in really lovely intelligent ways how we are a being and that you can't shut down the emotions and think the body can function it functions in its entirety so what i wanted to go to uh before you started listing the physical elements which i'm glad you did is the throat chakra and that is our ability to communicate It's, it's speaking it's speaking up for ourselves so when you're taught to man up you're basically told not to talk um and not in the way that women are told to people please but just don't talk um which is terrifying. And and you and I were just talking about this the other day, how I was thanking you for um, for teaching Andrew and I that when we had issues and when we had anxiety, to talk about them, to mm-hmm. tell to tell you or dad what was going on. And it was mm-hmm. never something to be embarrassed about when you had to talk about how you felt mm-hmm. or what happened. Um, and so I've grown up. Anytime an, an issue has felt too big for myself, um, I get excited at the idea that I can call up you know, whichever therapist I've chosen, um, and go talk and go get tools Mm -hmm. and go get help. And Mm -hmm. I, and I love that I'm excited by it and it still floors me. And I still have to take a step back and understand and put myself in someone else's shoes that that wasn't their belief system, Mm -hmm. that they were told to shut down and that it might be embarrassing to talk about how they feel. Um, whether it is a physical incident or, um, a a mental thought process that's going on. I get excited at the idea of talking through an issue and coming out the other end with tools Mm -hmm. and because I can see the end, the end result that I want. Um, Whereas when you're told to shut down and not feel and not talk, the talking part is the scariest part and you don't even understand that you could get tools out of it. (laughs) So you don't, you don't have the big picture. You don't have the perspective. It's just a terrifying step. There's your anxiety disorders. All of them. There's your control issues. There are so many things in what you just said that if I go back into anger, anger, uh, bursts. Yeah. Um, also, I want to throw out bipolar situations. Yeah, not being able to regulate your own emotions. How do you regulate them when you don't know what the fuck they are? Thank you. And so you swing from feeling them intensely and feeling out of control and not getting the tools to know how to deal with them to shutting them down entirely. Oh yeah. And withholding or diverting 
and throwing it back in someone else's face out of anger because you don't know how to deal with your own. And that's what we talked about last week about your stuff being thrown on another person and having to differentiate when it's yours and when it's not. The idea of a man um, is something that needs to be redefined. And I know that there are lots of organizations that have been working on this and hopefully lots of partners that have been working on this because it's sure as hell not taught in our systems. This dad said to me, please tell my son about your podcast shows on Sips of Sanity about emotional intelligence, intuitive gifts, because one of the things that gets shut down is your own intuitiveness, your own inner knowing. Mm -hmm. When I said man up, it meant don't trust your gut. It meant do what I say. Mm. So, and it meant I want control. Follow orders. So the person who's which saying... Which is war. Yes. Which is army. Yes. So which the, might get us in trouble, but oh well. <laughs> yeah. So man up, sometimes meaning do what I want. Mm-hmm. It was an expression or a sentence of control. Yeah. And I think, uh, and and hopefully people listening have understood that this isn't about dads talking to sons. Mm-hmm. It It is, it can be, you know, you can draw your own parallels if that was your experience. But in large part, this, you know, all of these examples uh, are partners talking to their, you know, to their husbands or their boyfriends as well. This was interesting, Kel. And the reason I brought this example up because it happened today was a dad who came through who had died to talk to his son. But the problem originated in him booking the appointment because of his relationship with his wife. Right. So originally, this had nothing to do with manning up. It had to do with the fact that the couple is struggling and the wife actually is a client. Mm -hmm. And she said, she called and said, my husband would like to come and see you. Energy healing only. No talking. He just wants to come in, lay down on the table. He just wants energy healing. And I'm like, sure, no problem. But once he arrived, if everybody is listening to how this story has unfolded today, dad has to come through because of his manning up comments to his son and how it's constructed his belief systems and his behaviors so much so that he can't function. There's no healthiness in his relationship. He talks over his wife because he thinks manning up means... Find the problem, solve it, be factual, get it done. Hmm. And so his wife is saying, but that's not the biggest part of the problem. You're not addressing how I feel. And so his dad is saying to me, you got to tell him that the manning up comment meant get it done, fix it. And that's only 10% of what the actual situation is with his wife. He pulls out the facts and tries to fix it. And she's trying to say, you're not listening to me. You don't hear me. You don't value me. You don't see me. Because he is, he will not address her emotions. And this is really is neat. that good? Yeah, and I want to give an analogy. Because we've talked a lot about how um, the brain gets confused. And I think f- when you're told to shut down your emotion, a lot, and I've seen this in a lot of men, they think there's two. They think there's happy or angry. Or I'll say happy or not happy. Because they can't even identify the difference between sadness and anger, right? And there's there's just such a wide variety of emotions. And I think about, just as an example, when you're told to man up and, and to essentially shut down knowing what the emotions are, I think about a teacher on a class trip who has no attendance 
no no list of the names of her students, maybe or his, looks on the bus and thinks, okay, I think they're all here, but I'm not sure, but let's just hope they are. They don't they don't know the names of them. So how do you do a roll call? How do you know if someone's missing? How do you know if they're all present? If you can't name them or identify them. Does that make sense? Exquisitely. Awesome. I hope this is a podcast that's played like in work, like everywhere. I hope it's something that gets shared a thousand times for every single person who knows somebody that's struggling in any relationship. Because that whole thing of when we say man up means shut down something. And what you're saying is you have to be able to go back, sit still for a moment. And that's what this dad was trying to do. What you're saying. Yeah. He tried to be the teacher on the bus to say, and I, I want to continue with the session. This is working perfectly with what you're doing. His dad said to me, you need to put your hand on his solar plexus. And I'm like, okay. So I went right over and he goes, how did you know I have sore stomachs? No worries. Trust the energy healing. And I'm listening to your dad. Don't you worry. Me not to speak. Yes, you have. You don't worry. And then about five <coughs> minutes later, I said to him, your dad's now asking me to put my hand on your liver. He goes, I don't even know where that is. And I said, the liver is here. So I showed him right side, rib cage, sits over top of the stomach, around the solar plexus. And I said, and it's responsible for processing anger. He looked right at me. Straight in the eye and gave me a little smile. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I said, oh, I said, your dad is saying that he shut down your anger. You weren't allowed to feel it. That was manning up. Manning up meant don't feel anger. Which ironically only implodes it. Right. But it also gives dad a hell of a lot of control if you have children that can't feel anger. Mm -hmm. So his dad came in and said, I now need to say sorry. And I now need to tell him that I want, I'm going to help him do everything I can from the other side through the energy healing work you're doing to help him feel some anger. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole idea of manning up just to me is about isolating because if you are taught to shut down your emotions and that to feel is not a manly act, then how do you ever connect? How do you connect to a friend? How do you connect to a partner? How do you put yourself in someone else's shoes and have the ability to be empathic, to imagine yourself in a different situation and how you might handle things, to understand how a partner handled it, even if you wouldn't have done the same thing? You don't. That's what I'm saying. I know. So it's basically saying be on your own, be alone. And that's where his wife said, please go get help. Because she could see all of this. She could talk to him about it because she was doing her own work, reading her own work, listening her own work. But she recognized her husband wasn't reading, wasn't listening to shows, wasn't doing or podcasts or whatever, PBS, help, whatever, to get help. He, or YouTube videos. He wasn't doing anything. He was spinning in his own cycle, not understanding his own looping. But understanding that he had an anxiety issue and he didn't know what to do. So he knew two things for sure. I have anxiety and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Those were the only two things he was certain of and that he was ruining things in his life. In spite of the fact that he thought he was working harder because he was trying to fix without listening and push through, 
without listening, without checking in, without verifying if it was even accurate, without feeling anything for himself. So when his wife was standing there saying, you're not listening to my feelings, it was because underneath that she was trying to say, you don't feel your own. Mm -hmm. But how do you walk up to your spouse and say, wow, I married a man who doesn't even know how to feel his own feelings? I had a child with him. How about that? Yeah. So that's a hard place for her to be too, to recognize that at one point. Mm -hmm. It's difficult for both of them, but I, I think this these two people today tied into this whole thing about manning up yeah. and and what what it does to him what it does to his wife and what it does to their their kids mm-hmm. um, and what it can even do to co-workers and customers and everything else in life when you carry that energy and I remember at one point his dad saying to me ask him how he felt when he walked in your house and I, th- I thought I wonder where that's going so anyway, I just said to him, your dad's asking me, were you angry the Christmas tree was up? <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, really. I, I said, your dad's asking me what you felt when you walked into the, my home. And he said, relief. Hmm. And I said, oh, okay. He said, as soon as I, he said, when I was driving here, I was having like a panic attack. Oh, so relief from the anxiety? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And he said, I was having an anxiety attack. He says, I knew my appointment was 11. It had been building all morning. I've had heart palpitations. I've been sweating. I've been, I've had a sore stomach. I've had some stabbing pain in my stomach. And And he he still showed up. Yeah. Which I think is huge because in a different way, that is manning up. Yes. In the right ways now. Powered through to get help. Yes. And I wanted to get our sh- the show to that point today mm-hmm. for people to understand the expression of manning up where it shuts it down, but where this man who had been taught so much to shut down was still using those same tools of powering through to power through that to actually try to find something that could help him. Mm-hmm. Tools. S- yeah. Which I thought was really cool. And I liked how his dad was trying to flip it now. Mm-hmm. He was trying to say, I have to figure out from the other side how to know my son and the very ways that I made him by raising him that hurt him and somehow try to turn those into his strengths. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was one of the most constructive things that his dad had tried to say to him in that session, other than just tell him I love him. Because it's always something we do want to hear. But that is a very confusing thing to hear when you don't understand emotions. Thank you. And what does love mean at that point if love was control the entire time? Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. That his dad grew enough on the other side to understand what he had done on earth that he was, got his tools on the other side to be able to come through that day to say, I understand both sides. So his dad manned up. Yes. Wicked. And what a beautiful thing for this man on earth to hear that his father got. Mm-hmm. And that now it's not too late. Yes, he's on earth and he's in his mid-30s, but his dad can go through the rest of this life with him correcting those belief systems of what man up meant. Yeah. And start to change that in the DNA, on that cellular memory that goes right through every nerve 
spinal cord, muscle, tendon, tissue of your body. Mm-hmm. That's healing. Whew. So that's an opener, is it? That's the chakra spinning in a full <laughs> circle in a healing way. Staying on your bike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd like to end it there. Sure. And I would like to uh, to be able to do a month for men. That sounds beautiful, so, Kelly. Uh, yeah, and I we've had some really nice feedback from a lot of men, yes. male, male listeners. Yes, we have. Who have said thank you for addressing different issues. Um, so let's keep catering. Well, and I think it's important for, for the men who do listen to the show and the boys that listen to the show um, of all ages that... Our clients are males. Mm-hmm. Some people think that only women go see healers yeah. or psychics or mediums or medical intuitives. Um, they don't think that it's something a guy does. And we see a lot of men and males of all ages, including baby male children. So maybe that's good mm-hmm. for them to know that this is a safe place for them as well. It's inclusive. And I think that's something that comes with emotional intelligence is when you understand being inclusive. Cool. Okay. Um, okay. Thank you for listening to uh, another episode of Coffee with the Sarlos. Uh, if you want to submit questions or comments, you can do so at info at uh, Otherwise, we will talk to you next Saturday.